Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So Liz. Yes. Such happy news today to start kickoff happy hour, which of course is how we start. And then it just goes downhill from there. Okay. Give me the good news. Yes. Sitting down. Apparently, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez escaped being murdered on January 6th in the Capitol where her life was endangered by Trump supporters carrying flags and some wearing fur hats. And selfie sticks. And selfie selfie sticks. sticks. So such good news that our favorite congresswoman, everyone's favorite congresswoman, really um, escaped that harrowing, perilous situation. God, praise the Lord, Julie. Just praise the Lord. She can live to tweet and live Instagram yet another day. What a hero. You know, what a hero. Do you, I hope they're giving her like some sort of counseling you know, to, to get through it, to reconcile what, you know, her ordeal, you know, and maybe help her deal with any possible PTSD. PTSD. Maybe she'll be nominated for Nobel Peace Prize like Black Lives Matter. You know what? I would go further. Why not give her like mil- a military award? Like what? Why not just give her a Purple Heart? I mean, she's not in the military. <laughs> Don't you feel like what she went through is equivalent to like someone getting a purple heart <laughs> i think so let's do it let's make that happen oh you know Get what that petition moving so the hashtag going around which just made it it's the funniest thing that's happened on twitter in a good five years but the hashtag <laughs> alexandria acasio smollett yeah we should start alexandria acasio purple heart yeah no purple heart for aoc Hashtag purple, purple heart for AOC. Liz, we are led, as you know, on both sides of the aisle. Let, let's think about this for a minute. We have now talked about we've our leaders, fear, fearless leaders, have been fixated and obsessed with talking about what happened for a few hours in the Capitol on January 6th. Is anyone at all alarmed that these people are all cowards who like hid under their desks and uh, like because some people were rampaging through through desks? What is this? I don't I know I'm not surprised Um, that I think that the biggest fear was that they would literally have to answer to the dirty commoner that had breached their precious shiny you know castle of protection (laughs) from the dirties and the filthy casuals um am i surprised that we didn't see see great acts of heroism no of course not first of all let's take a step back did any of these people that broke into the Capitol, and I'm not talking about the tourists who had no idea that they weren't allowed to be there and just kind of wandered in and took some selfies with the, the police and with the statues. I mean, right. the actual people that busted down gates and busted in windows, did they even get near a single representative? I, I don't. I, uh, well, they apparently got close to AOC, but of, it's unclear about others. 
Yes, AOC, who is literally not in the Capitol where they were busted in, who was in her office in a different office building, probably on the fourth or fifth floor in a corner since she's a new representative. Um, but So, Liz, explain for people who aren't familiar with Capitol grounds and the diff- various office buildings. Explain how that works. So people were at the actual Capitol with, you know, letter O, but there are several other office buildings that house representatives and senators. So explain how that works. Well, the the building that we saw in all the pictures that was breached, it's on our money. That building is the Capitol building. That's where our elected officials go to vote. The leadership has offices there. Their press has offices there. There are over 500 elected representatives in the Senate and the House. They don't have offices in there. There's office buildings all around that area. There's the Hart office building, Cannon office building. There's others. And the way that offices are distributed, it's a hierarchy. It's about seniority. So the newest representatives have like the oldest worst offices and the longest serving representatives have maybe they have a balcony maybe they have they have more space I mean I have friends that work on the hill and every year when they move every two years the house because it reshuffles you don't have to you you can because people retire or they're they lose their election and everyone moves up if if it if it's possible the offices are larger maybe the chief of staff has their own office instead of a cubicle it really is a seniority thing the newest representatives have the, are in the worst building which is usually ca- is canon i think and it's dirty it's scuffed up it's it's not a nice it's not like the Riz Carlton or it's not like the Senate because the Senate offices are like marble. They're just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So she's a newer, newer Congress person. She's not going to be on the first floor. She's going to be on. on, I don't know where exactly her office is. It's not public, but she isn't going to be, she doesn't have an office in the Capitol building. I mean, come on. So what she's saying when she's telling this story is she's claiming that some people insurrectionists, revolutionaries whatever somehow found her office and like broke into an actual literal office building like they broke into an office building and then found her office and I have spent a fair amount of time in different congressional offices and it is almost impossible to find your way around unless you're there all the time I've been lost I've been crying because I'm lost like it's it's every hallway looks the same it's if, if, if you don't know where you're going, good luck finding your way there. So right, right. out of the gate, the story was very suspicious um, that she was attacked. I was talking to one of my friends who was the chief of staff that was for a, congress, a congressman when it was happening. And she was just like, oh, we're just hanging out. They were in their office, a more senior congressman than AOC. Um, and another friend of mine works for a senator. And he was like, we ordered pizza. So the idea that the offices were breached and in danger, I haven't seen any evidence that that's actually true. But it, that's not good TVs. That's not good Instagram, Julie. So, <clears throat> But yeah. it, it makes for hilarious Twitter and um, mocking her, especially in light of, which we'll pivot to this, the attacks on freshmen 
Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is the latest, I don't know what latest, Steve King, the latest target of the left to try to deflect away from what Joe Biden is doing in his five-minute executive order signings and what the Democrats overall are trying to do. So she is really a good antidote to what the Democrats and even many people in our own party are attempting to do to Marjorie Taylor Greene, which also the purpose is to pivot away from the uh, rank and file contempt and anger at people like Liz Cheney and the other nine House Republicans, including Illinois Congressman Adam Kinzinger, who voted to impeach the president last month. You know, I also think that the the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing was something that the Republicans were involved with, too. I know that the Democrats are on a roll where they want they're trying to convince the public, I guess, the part of the public that isn't who they're demonizing, um, that they're white supremacists and they're dangerous and they're mm-hmm. terrorists. So that's 75 million people voted for Trump. So, you know, I'm going to guess that's who they're trying to gin up a fear about. Um, I think that the Republicans were were also behind the scenes going after uh, Taylor Green because they have a, a Liz Cheney problem. Mm-hmm. And so what they could do then is broker, right, and say, all right, well, we're not going to do anything that the Republican caucus, we're not going to do anything to Marjorie Taylor Green if you shut up about Liz Cheney. And I think that that was something that the Republicans also used. And not to say the Democrats weren't in on it, too, because, again, they need people to believe that every Republican Trump voter is believes in Q, that they're white supremacists, that they hate Jews and minorities and whatever else. Uh, So that was kind of a joint. Let's say it was a bipartisan effort to take down Marjorie Taylor Greene. And they're voting today. Today, they're going to vote on whether the, the House, the House of Representatives is are going to vote on whether or not she should be able to keep her committee assignments. Um, and this is disgusting. It's disgusting. I don't I don't know exactly what she said. I've heard some I've heard people tell me what she said. I haven't seen or really read her own words, but the only people who can pass judgment on what she does in Congress are the people who voted for her. Right. And this idea that there are a bunch of congressmen, gatekeeper, moral authorities that, you know, are able to pass judgment on other uh, colleagues that don't meet their standards. You know what? Fuck off. Right. That is absolutely, absolutely garbage. And the GOP should have put their foot down and said, go F yourself. But they're not, they never do that. Because we know, well, we know, I think it's a great point that this was also, you know, internal in the Republican Party. We know that Kevin McCarthy obviously appointed Liz Cheney as conference chairman. He was getting a lot of blowback from that, even before her impeachment vote, because she is a never Trumper. But after that, facing a lot of pressure, he stood with her, He made a really just expectedly weak, um, facile, groveling statement to about Marjorie Taylor Greene and how, you know, that's not who we are, the old saying. Um, And 
but this is so I, I don't know the precedent of the House stripping committee assignments from someone who literally was just elected and well, is Steve going to- King, right? They did they did it to Steve King. Steve King was stripped of his committee assignments. And the reason was by a vote or no, by no, no, just pressure. Right. The, the actual Republicans did it. Now, you're right. The whole House in a Democrat majority. Who who's next? Maybe they're going to. Well, that's just to- it, Liz. We know she's not it. I mean, you just greenlighted. This is going to be this will apply to everyone. No, next they'll get, they'll get Nunez off of Intel. You know, they're going to get Jordan. They're going to get this is a really bad precedent. There's nothing that the Republicans, I think, can do because they don't have the majority. But what they can do is the Democrats have such a slim they have a much slimmer majority than they did two years ago. Mm -hmm. And if McCarthy was smart, which he's not, so this won't happen, they need to make it as painful for the for the. Democrat caucus in the House as possible, whether it's putting a bunch of amendments on these bills that force them to say yes or no to, um, you know, boys competing against girls to go and put all the issues on the table, the kitchen table issues that progressives don't like, but that the public is behind and force them to take some very painful votes. But, you know, it's a terrible precedent. Um, And You know, we all saw what happened when Trump gave Mike Flynn up, right? They got their scalp and they spent the next four years getting scalp after scalp after scalp. You, this is not going to end well. But next time they're going to go for someone bigger and what is going to be. They'll go for Nunez or something. They, they probably will. I mean, the only good thing about Nunez, as you know, is he's already he's been through this. I mean, he was the only man standing for two years as he really single handedly uncovered FISA gate and his family was harassed and, you know, just they tried to take him down. So they might. But it's going to be great when they go to, say, the never Trump or squishier caucus. What happens when they start digging up shit about Dan Crenshaw, for example? Or oh, they're not going to go after the squishes. I don't know. I wouldn't be because they see. But the Democrats will. No, I don't it, think they will. They're going to go after the people that are they're going to go after the people who objected to the to the vote, the electors. And they're going to say that they're part of the insurrection, that they're dangerous. That's who they're going to go first because they can work with. There's like a gentleman, a gentleman's agreement between the squishy Republicans and the Democrats. And the, what they don't like are the Matt Gateses and right. the other, the, the uppity, the uppity ones. <laughs> they don't like the Marjorie Taylor Greens. They don't like uh, what's her name from Colorado, the one with um, the firearm. They don't, oh, don't like her. Lauren. Uh- Lauren Boebert. Boebert. They don't like Lauren Boebert. They don't like any of these sassy people. They don't like the people in the the Freedom Caucus, like Jim Jordan. Right. Um, so I think they're going to go after those people because there's sympathy for it, and they'll just say, "Oh, these people didn't. They voted to overthrow the election or some garbage like that." And that's who they're going to go after first. The other ones, I'm telling you, they're all in the same club, so right. they'll they can work. They're all in on the theater, right? So they're all, you know, they're all part playing the same game. It's the people who aren't playing the game that they need to neutralize. So I think they're going to go after other people. All right. That's that's a good point. But 
And it'll be interesting to see where they go. Probably Lauren Boebert. They already are. But yeah. what happens when they start digging up? Now, the only thing that I could really find of Marjorie Taylor Greene, allegedly she was the false flag, you know, believed Parkland and then Sandy Hook were false flags, were literally like two or three word responses to posts on her Facebook page like a while ago. So, for example, someone wrote something nasty about Scott Peterson, which, of course, he deserved. He should be on death row anyway. And something about collecting $8,000 a month for his pension because he was in on the false flag operation to Parkland High School. And her response was exactly right. That was then morphed. And, of course, this is like the fusion GPS strategy, which they were probably behind it, too. You pick like the most obscure whatever far flung comment or association and you build it up into this huge hysteria that of course every single Democrat falls for and half the Republicans do and every member of the press, including conservative press for the most part does too. That was the only thing I could find. Nothing related to Sandy Hook except something that uh, maybe school shootings were false flags or some of them were, but which fine is crazy. You, I mean, but you know what, Julie, here's the the important thing to remember. That stuff is old and the people who voted for her knew it and they voted for her. So the question is at what, who then has the authority to undermine someone who won an election? Right. Uh, So I don't care if she said that the moon is made of green cheese, unless she commits a crime. I just don't think that there can be a third party that's the arbiter of who is a proper, you know, who is the proper congressperson. You know, that's it's a very it's a very dangerous thing. This has really been a case of repetition. You just see the same stories over and over and over about her and people just see headlines and they know that's the talking point. They know the bumper sticker. But what exactly what exactly she said, what exactly that that's that's it's, not and it's irrelevant. Well, look, but when you can cancel 75 million voters literally two months after, first of all, cancel it. Also, um, throw into doubt, legitimate doubt, the outcome of the election based on massive fraud in mail in ballots, ignoring election rules, et cetera. We've gone through this before. When you can cancel 75 million voters, you can certainly cancel 600,000 or I mean, in one congressional district, however many votes she got, 100,000, they don't care. I mean, this was the, this is the lesson of what the first impeachment and now certainly the second impeachment and conviction and this overblown, dangerous, really hysteria about January 6th is, is is canceling all of us. So well, now right, it's a no brainer for her. It's for, easy to do because they also right. have these platforms that help literally cancel people. Like there's no, a, there's a very limited ability to respond because people are deplatformed from having a discussion or offering an alternative opinion. So you just get the same drumbeat over and over and over again of like the right, the right 
thing to say and think and what you're supposed to believe without any evidence. Well, speaking of without evidence, let's touch a little bit on the theater, as you just said, which is a nice way of putting it, of what happened on January 6th. So we are, obviously, we have this far-reaching, really dangerous uh, Department of Justice investigation where they are arresting people on misdemeanors, holding them in jail with denied bail because they think that the election was stolen only to attempt to build sedition cases against them, which is exactly what is happening in Washington, D.C. right now. Added to that is the nonstop hype in the media over this. And now these optics in the Capitol, which we saw Tuesday, I believe it was Tuesday night, um, Officer Brian Sicknick, who was killed, we're still not sure how, but he, he died we don't know if he was killed. He died. And he is one of five non-military heroes or non, um, you know, you would say what government elite, one of five in the history to be laid in state in the Capitol Rotunda. How how crazy is that? Because we have no proof that he died of any injuries related to January 6th. CNN just released, issued a report a couple of days ago saying that not only is there no video evidence, but there's no evidence that he died of blunt trauma, which we were told he was beaten to death by a fire extinguisher. This is literally what's been printed everywhere, including places like the New York Times. Um, we still don't know how he died, but here he is getting this hero's sort of attention. I think he's going to be buried in Arlington National Cemetery. Um, this is this is disturbing because you're exploiting a man's death, using it as a political prop without any evidence that any of it's true. I think I shared a story with you a couple days ago about a woman who was in Texas and she was at the event on January 6th. And she did go into the Capitol. She took a picture. I think she was in there for a couple minutes and then left. And people identified her to the FBI. And then she was stopped at TSA. She's had numerous interrogations. There's no pictures of her um, destroying property or violent, any violence or anything like that. She just walked in. There was nobody stopping her. There was no guards. And she is being prosecuted and she was really had a very small footprint in the whole in the whole affair she was you know she thought she was there for a rally and so they managed to hunt her down get tsa in on it fbi officers came to her house she doesn't live in dc and now that and they can't find the person who hit brian sicknick in the head with those fire extinguisher <clears throat> Right. And right. And they're I'm not doubting it. I'm just wondering, like, why is it that some things seem to be, you know, really moving quite fast relative to the government speed of government traditionally? And this important thing where an actual police officer was allegedly murdered by someone and they have absolutely no they've got nothing. They, they can't have find nothing. any evidence. They That's have according nothing. to CNN. I mean, surprisingly, and it was Evan Perez and others who reported this, 
But, um, you know, I've been covering this. I emailed um, the uh, D.C. field office for the FBI a week or so ago asking for information. Of course, they said they can't respond to any ongoing ongoing, investigation. But we don't we don't even know if there is an investigation, because when they gave their press press conference on January 12th, they didn't the acting uh, attorney general and that uh, field director for FBI D.C. field office. Neither one of them referred to it as a murder or even a killing. They said he passed away. And so it's so beyond irresponsible for all of these lawmakers on both sides. President Biden showed up with Jill Biden. They paid their respects. This they are creating this false presentation that this that Officer Sicknick was murdered when there's not a shred of evidence. In fact, new evidence points to exactly the contrary, that he was not murdered. Well, I think it's it's one thing is to note is that they were very quick to to say that he had been hit in the head with a fire extinguisher and died. So my question is, where did they even get that information? Where did the information come out that he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher? Because that had to come from somebody that had some engagement with that exchange, apparently. Um, Where did that come from? Did someone did that come because someone said, I saw someone beat him with a fire extinguisher? Again, I don't know either way, but I I am curious that it was very fast to come out with that fire extinguisher story. I think it was the New York Times and it was based on two anonymous law enforcement officials. I think that that was the first article that ran related to what happened to him. Well, do those people who saw enough of that, did they chase the guy who did it or tackle him or do they have any way of identifying? I don't I don't know. I just think that they're arresting all of these people many of whom were not violent, who That's were just right. maybe trespassing a misdemeanor. And these people are getting hunted down like dogs. And then somebody who murdered a cop is, they can't make a case for it. It just, I don't know. They also can't find the person who allegedly planted pipe bombs outside yeah. of RNC and DNC the night before. Can't find those people either. But, you know, they can find the zip tie guy and his mom and are building a sedition case against two of them. So we should all feel safer because of that. One thing I noticed a couple days ago or last week when I was going through the list of people they'd arrested and the charges, I didn't see anyone with a weapons charge that had weapons inside the Capitol that, you know, carried in actual like explosives or firearms. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, like, what sort of coup are we talking <laughs> about sticks. when nobody comes in with weapons? And also their faces are totally exposed. Right. I mean, if you look at the riots of the summer that we saw in Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis mm-hmm. and Atlanta and New York and D.C., the people engage in that. They are a well-orchestrated machine. Their faces Mm -hmm. are covered. They have gloves. They have umbrellas to conceal themselves. What we saw on January 6th was a bunch of, like, local yokels face (laughs) 
no face covering, wearing costumes, taking pictures, filming it live, posting it all over the place. This is not this is not how serious business goes down. Well, this is how the FBI is tracking down these seditionists, dangerous seditionists with by looking at their own social media accounts. I know. You know, hey, look, I just robbed a bank. Check me out on Facebook like these. And I'm not oh, saying I'm walking honestly, in with my gun now. I'm going to say stick them up to the to the teller any minute now. It's like, Come on. So the guy who was photographed sitting in Nancy Pelosi's desk has been charged by a grand jury with eight counts. There's only one that's a felony, which was um, carrying a dangerous or deadly weapon onto Capitol grounds. He had a walking stick that is also a stun gun that you can buy about 20 versions of it on Amazon. Okay, yeah. He didn't use it. He didn't threaten anyone with it. I mean, it was stupid. It's dumb. Why would you sit on Nancy Pelosi's desk and and invade her office unless your Sunrise Movement activist walked in there by AOC, which is what happened in 2018? That was okay. But this guy is charged with eight counts. Um, The funniest count that I have seen, and this has been made repeatedly, is... um, obstruction of a formal government proceeding, something crazy like that. The big problem here, the big issue, which is just going to inflame the public more, which I I think it already has, is comparing the way that this is treated with actual, with either equivalent or far more extreme civil unrest. Like we had people break in to the Kavanaugh hearing those people, the Code Pink and the the Me Too Mafia, they got way closer to elected officials than any of these clowns on January 6th. And then over the summer, we actually saw <clears throat> explosives used, some firearms. I think over 30 people were killed in the course of these riots. Police officers right. blinded. Um, again, explosives. And they're and they're they're just out they're out and about and then these memas from wherever flyover land that Arkansas. put a picture of a so a selfie on Facebook in the Capitol and you know she's she's about to get the electric chair I mean it's it's crazy but this is kind of what got us Trump in the first place is this this inequality of the way people are treated before the law mm-hmm. where. There's a double, there's That's a double right. standard and it's so obvious. And then this event being blown up to be part of it, I think is it does serve a political purpose, which is to um, stigmatize the, the Trump voter. The GOP is very concerned about the uncontrollable populist movement, which is at odds with the GOP globalism um the their 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 interests Mm -hmm. so there's definitely that but the other side of it is to for the democrats to heroize themselves you know they're heroes and they they need to have that veneer of justice that 
this was horrible and we're fighting for the integrity of our system, which requires us to drone our opponents like Al-Qaeda, right? <laughs> right. They're the heroes here, Julie, the heroes, like AOC. Well, like you just said, the slippery slope about when Trump allowed or demanded Mike Flynn resign, and that was four years ago, February 2017, just the slippery slope we saw with Steve King, and now we're seeing it with Marjorie Taylor Greene. We're going to see a slippery slope of that. When no one was punished for FISAgate, when, and the people who thought, well, it's okay, Mike Flynn got himself in trouble. Well, it's okay they went after Carter Page. He's sort of a weirdo. You know, he's sort of odd. He shouldn't have been with Trump. You know, all those excuses that we heard. What are those people going to say when the Department of Justice files sedition charges against a guy from Tennessee and his mom who (laughs) went to the Capitol? Now, they're they're kooky people, but there's nothing legal about being kooky because then pretty much everyone in Washington, D.C. would be in jail. It's not illegal to be kooky. It's not illegal to wear anything you want into a government building, which, by the way, is people's property. I hate to say it. Yeah, but it true. that building doesn't belong to Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell. Um, and they actually are going to file charges of sedition, which hasn't been used in, I don't know, decades, a century. Um, what's the reaction then? We're going to worry still about Alexei Navalny in, uh, Navalny in Russia instead of yeah, we Americans. Have no, we have no standing. I mean, we, we really, None. we have no standing to talk about things like that. And just to add to your comparison, going back to this summer and the riots, there are people openly chanting death to America. Like we're destroying America. We hate America. They're taking right. down George Washington signs. They're again, firing explosives at federal buildings. And that is not sedition. (laughs) Fry them like bacon. So we can chant fry them like bacon at cops and, you know, but but some cops are good. Like Brian Sicknick, like that, that's the other weird thing is that on the, we're, we're being told about this police officer and I don't, I don't, I don't know either way. And it's any death is a tragedy. So this, this, police officer is getting heroized well AOC is talking about some white supremacist cop that was hunting her down <laughs> during the insurrection gave her and a they're, dirty look they're bad and then coupled with the n- summer's narrative that all cops are white supremacists trying to beat down minorities it's it's really um just a lot of cognitive dissonance there, Julie. I do think that a lot of people, though, even if they don't say it out loud, after this happened, people recognize immediately the hypocrisy. And like January 6th didn't happen in a vacuum. It happened right, right on the heels of cities. I mean, downtown Chicago is still boarded up, not because they're afraid the, the of, you know, Q shaman guy who needs organic food they're not afraid he's going to show up and start you know blasting down the doors of gold coast bentley those places are boarded up because of antifa and black lives matter and leftist protests not because of maga people well there's there they want to keep the fencing and the walls here in washington dc which is interesting because now you we really have an opportunity to see what actually they think the borders of America are, which is like 
watching DC and then the rest of the country. That's the real wall for them. Not the Mexican U.S. wall. Like, they didn't want that. But the wall to protect them from people like you and me, A-OK. Well, speaking of the wall and speaking of the border, um, to go back to what people are trying to deflect away from, and that is Joe Biden and what he's attempting to do. So Joe Biden signed more executive uh orders this week, basically opening up the border, creating a task force now to reunite families as if that's what was happening a few years ago. Um, and now expect now are preparing to uh, build new overflow facilities for unaccompanied minors coming across the border from Central America because Joe Biden's election basically threw out the welcome mat for untold numbers of uh, migrants coming from Central America through Mexico. So not cages? Like they're we're, not called, he's not building cages, he's building facilities? Facilities. Is that how we're changing? Yes. Um, the way we talk about about this? Okay. I did see that. Yeah, the caravans are on their way, and it just seems like after the virus, that devastated employment here and wiped out businesses and a lot of people are hurting. Is it a good idea to bring more people into this country and put a burden on taxpayers who are hurting? Like, why would we do that? I can't imagine that's a popular, a popular issue. Well, I think as long as they double mask and stay six feet apart, we'll be all good. No, that is fair, Julie. So you're right. Um, if we just get that double mask going, people are safe. But this is going to, this is probably going to create one of the first major crises of the um, Joe Biden administration. He probably won't know about it, but his other people will have to know. Um, <laughs> but also what's happening, Mexico, you know, Trump arranged with Mexico to to kind of halt these caravans coming from Central America, but Mexico has stopped taking back Central American families expelled across the border from the U.S., um, leaving uh, Border Patrol to release them into the U.S. Lots of people at DHS beyond that this will trigger a new border crisis in the middle of pandemic. This is the Washington Post reporting yesterday. No shit. (laughs) And by the way, Liz, I know Republicans are worried about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Have you heard any criticism at all about no. two straight weeks of Joe Biden on his own rewriting basically every policy that we have from energy to climate to immigration? Anyone heard from Ben Sass or Mitt Romney on this? Do you remember the absolute hysteria that when Trump signed, I think the first day he signed like three executive orders mm-hmm. and it was. They were freaking out. We just had Lloyd Austin, who's the new defense secretary, um, fire every single person on the civilian oversight boards for the Pentagon. Not not a not a squeak about that. Not a squeak. But when Trump wanted to fire the Obama shills that had burrowed in to the government, there was again, it was 11. It was 11. People are watching this. And this is what I what I mean when I say things are going to get worse. You cannot keep this ratcheting up. 
the double standard and the double treatment and shoving it in people's face and not think people are going to get sick of it. I don't know if they think people are just going to bend and, and just say, I guess I just better shut up. I don't know. That remains to be seen. But I know there's some people that won't. And it's not that's not a good, good, good place. Well, obviously, right now, and I think this is part of the January 6th, to your point, what you're saying right now is to silence people. So they're going to let Joe Biden and the Democrats run roughshod. They're going to shove this $1.9 trillion COVID relief, in quotations, down everyone's throat. They're going to let Joe Biden or whoever's writing the EOs because he can't even read them. He needs note cards to even give a five-minute little briefing on it. And this is all about, to your point, shutting down, silencing the opposition, Um also remember the hysteria when Donald Trump used the National Emergencies Act to divert, what, $2 billion from defense to yeah. finish the wall? Not only did Democrats go hysterical, 12 senators, Republican senators, voted to override that. But well, they haven't I'm said a, a big, peep about this. I'm a big proponent of people leaving the GOP. I think yeah. that that is the only way that we can be heard and our our dislike of the GOP's policies, the kind of put for, you know, it's supported by the 12 people that opposed that. That is the one way to register your disgust. So if you're listening to this, please change your registration to independent. Just just you can still vote for Republicans that are right. worth your vote, but it's time to stop eating the shit sandwich that empowers you know the their what the the lesser of the two evils thinking that we have people that do things like this like those 12 senators like the people 12 what how was it 10 in the house that voted to impeach the president um there needs to be a message sent and And there were five senators who voted against what was it the resolution was it Rand Paul's resolution to yeah. not proceed with impeachment? Five Senator Republican That's senators right. voted against that, including Ben Sass. That is Cassidy. the only way to send a message because this is not our party. The the leadership, the GOP leadership doesn't ha- like their vote, the voters. This is why they have no problem considering getting rid of Marjorie Taylor Greene, who actually was voted in by her voters. And if her voters don't like her and they didn't like her and they don't like what she does and maybe they feel regret, they can get rid of her in two years. They can vote her out. That's the way the system works. But the GOP leadership is not the same as the people in the party. And when they've been picking winners and losers, winners and losers like John McCain for president or Mitt Romney for president, they They don't win. So, well, who raised more money in the past month, Liz Cheney or Marjorie Taylor Greene? Oh, yeah. Who raised more money, Josh Howley or Ben Sass? I think to your point, too, people should cut off any donations to any of the major establishment party organizations, congressional committees, senatorial committee, the GOP Send it directly to either lawmakers or okay, next candidate. year candidates. Yep. Send it directly to them. Because or to issue groups that aren't scam packs that promise to only support, give your money to candidates who hold a position, a political position you agree with. Right. That That's it. 
do not give money to the parties, do not give money to the committees. And the only way that they will really hear your, your unhappiness is when their registration drops by 30%, then they right. then they will get panicked and then they have no pull. And then their corporate donations will go away because there's, they, they have nothing of value anymore to, for the corporations because the people, they don't have enough people to, to hold sway or any electoral sway. Um, it's a, it's a real problem. And we're going to really see a lot of it now because there's a desperate need for these weak people to like cleanse themselves of the Trump era and kind of signal that they're, they're not like the bad Republicans. They are the mm-hmm. cool Republicans. They're not those <laughs> cute people. I've say, I've been saying this for a long time, even before the January 6th riot. What is the media is so obsessed with Q? Who, the only people who know what Q is are the Democrats and That's the right. idiots who read the New York Times and the New Yorker magazine and the Atlantic. Because everyone else, no, we, nobody really knows Nobody really knows about that. If you ask a random person in like, I don't know, Missouri, who's a Republican um, and you said, hey, where would I go to read what Q is saying? They would have no idea where I I have no clue what it is, what what they talk about. I, I never followed it. It always seemed fringy, weird to me. So I I never bothered with it. But Nancy Pelosi yesterday issued a press release and referred to Kevin McCarthy as Q, you know, instead of where you put R or D. She put Q. I saw that. Dash Ke- That's just so, what is she, 10? Childish. I mean, Childish. this is, what, are you 10 years old? What does this even mean? To the, to the average person, let's say the person who's one of the 1,100 that just lost their job because Biden canceled the Keystone Pipeline, do you think they give a fuck about Q? No. Or conspiracy theories or people who believe in Q, they don't care about that. It's outrageous. This is an entirely manufactured situation. Yes. And don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. You have to, when when you see headlines in the legacy media outlets where they're talking about how dangerous Q people are, you know it is absolute 100% gaslighting. These people before January 6th, they were out there. I don't know how many of them there are. They're pretty active on social media. So they kind of give the appearance like there's probably a lot more there that there's more of them than there really are. You know what? They didn't do anything. If they believe crazy things, I don't know. I mean, some people think that, you know, you're a woman, even though you were born a man and you can compete in sports with women and there's no difference. So how are those? I mean, do you want to talk about crazy beliefs? Let's put them all on the table. So it's not against the law to have be a conspiracy right. theorist. It isn't. So what is. Why is this move? This move is to demonize the the people that are, I don't know, the MAGA, the populist people with this is to paint them all with the same brush so that they're so marginalized. They hold no political power that's all it is don't buy into it who's a bigger conspiracy theorist q or john brennan and cnn i who's a bigger conspiracy theorist marjorie taylor green or adam schiff or what about the new york times the new york times spent four years peddling a total conspiracy theory with 
who was was it CNN who um had the the three or four sources told them that Don, that Don Trump Jr. got the WikiLeaks dump before right. anybody else, and right. that turned out to be a mistake. These people have been peddling ridiculous. There's so many, you can barely go back and think of all of the absolute crazy shit that they yeah. have said about Donald Trump. This turned out to be false. Remember Alpha Bank? Oh, there's Alpha a server Bank. in Trump Tower that was communicating right. with Alpha Bank. And yeah. then, womp womp, that that was, you know, that didn't pan out. The P dossier, so, the P, the P tape. The P, we had, P tape. There was, a, there was a tape of prostitutes in Moscow peeing in front of Donald Trump at a Ritz-Carlton. Like, yeah. they actually investigated that. But even beyond that, somebody got like $20 million to go to keep investigating it. And I guess that didn't pan out either. But every day there was some outrageous claim about Donald Trump. Just what like he watches TV all day and doesn't work or just so many crazy things. Every single day there was a new reason to have hair on fire about Donald Trump. And almost none of it turned out to be true. Why aren't those people labeled? Why aren't they regarded as conspiracy theorists and propagandists? And these are from, to your point, these are quasi, I mean, they're not reputable to us, but these are influential news organizations. These are influential former heads of the most powerful law enforcement and intelligence agencies in the world. These are people who ran our our inner our wars in the Middle East. This isn't like some shadowy weirdo, nobody knows who it is. I mean, they attached their names and what they believe was their prestige, their reputations behind it. And it's doing, not some dude in a Viking costume saying crazy right. stuff. It's people who want to claim they have a moral authority over us. Right. That's who it is. And they have not been disgraced. The New York Times has had to pull its crazy 1619 project. They probably should retain their Pulitzers because all of their, quote, investigative stories didn't turn out to be bunk. We were right. told all sorts of crazy shit was going to happen with Mueller. None of it happened. And, and, and you're worried about Q? You're worried about people who go around wearing like a Q on their shirt and think, <laughs> The president has some 10-dimensional chest. Also, the Q thing is expired, okay? Trust the plan is over. The plan right. is Biden's the president. So Q is kind of over. I'm not sure how you keep that going at this point. Um, it was most likely some sort of op, to be frank with you, but that's another show. But still, these people are not harmful. They don't do harmful things. They're not no. out throwing explosives at buildings or or standing on cars, intimidating people and breaking their car windows or shooting cops, assassinating cops. They're not doing things like that. So this is a major gaslighting going on here. It's going to be tough to stay grounded during four years of this shit because the media has gone, the media and the elite, the elitists have not had any consequences for their quackery over the last four years. So they're just going to dial it up even more. And this is the enduring, I think our friend Lee Smith said this a few days ago, it is going to be decades of consequences for no one in the media, certainly no one in government being held accountable for concocting and executing the disastrous Russian collusion hoax. The fact that they, everyone is still getting away with this now, that they can talk about Q, that they can go now after not just Trump associates, but just regular Trump voters is because 
no one ever was held accountable for their criminality in really the most destructive conspiracy theory of all. Um, Well, just to build on your point, let's look at what the smart set was trying to sell us about the serial killer governor of New York, Cuomo, who was heralded as like the new Jesus, that he was doing everything right for the virus. And Donald Trump was telling people to drink bleach and spray Lysol on their lungs. And over and over, we heard what a great job Cuomo was. Didn't he get an Emmy every day? He would have these press conferences. And then these fucking idiots at The View or on CNN or MSNBC will gloat, oh, my God, he's so much gravitas. He's so serious. I trust him so much. And what happened? Oh, we just found out last week that the that a report shows that, fifth, that the nursing home deaths in New York were underestimated by as much as 50%. In Cuomo's New York, which I might add still has the number one number of deaths of coronavirus in this country. These are the same people, right? So first Cuomo's like a Jesus. He's like a coronavirus Jesus. And now we find out not so much. These people deserve nothing but scorn and ridicule. That's exactly right. They they do. And um, what they did bolstering a megalomaniac, psychotic lunatic like Andrew Cuomo by trying to destroy Ron DeSantis, which they're still trying to do, um, is just indicative of who these people are, um, that they will go to any extreme to bolster the wrong people, really evil, twisted people, um, while demonizing the good guys who are doing things right. Um, and I mean, it's a, it's a scary time, but I do have a little bit of hope in some of these Republican, the Republican leadership say that you see here in Florida or South Dakota, the attorney general of Texas, who seems to be the only one interesting in trying to legally combat what the Biden administration is doing. But as far as the Republican leadership, Republicans in Washington, they are, not just worthless, they're completely on the other side. They're on the other the other side's team. Yes, they're very worried about Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis has their number and yep. he's a more palatable, like he's more palatable than Trump who had just sort of a more abrasive style and some people like that. But DeSantis manages to keep an edge while coming off uh, a little bit more serious than Trump. Um And I think that they're very worried about DeSantis, who has their number. He knows their games. You know, I've seen him a couple times just put some reporters in their place when they tried to set up a photo op and a gotcha for Jimmy Kimmel and uh, whatever, Seth Meyers or whoever these jackasses are on TV at night. And he's not having any of it. And he also, you know, knows how to take care of business. People are getting vaccinated if they want vaccines in Florida. And things are open. And kids are in, aren't kids are in school in Florida, aren't they? They are. Yep. Yep. So things are moving on in Florida. But in California, where you can't even go outside to walk your dog as of a couple weeks ago because the virus is so dangerous, still spreading, was still spreading, still numbers are still creeping up, death rates still creeping up. So they are definitely afraid of Ron DeSantis. And they he's are. a military guy. I think he went to Yale. He's young. He's like 43 years old. I mean, he's 
Um, you know, he fought off what they tried to do here with Andrew Gillum. I'm sure they tried to steal that the, that election, too. So he's been fire tested, which you need. And, you know, opposite of, say, Christy Nome, who did a really good job in South Dakota. And I, she's brave and I really like her. But look, putting dealing with the Florida press and dealing with a huge population and influx of people in and out and what they they're still trying to do to him here. I mean, he's going to be tested. He is being tested. And um, so if he decides to run in 2024, I definitely see him as, as a front runner. I, I don't see very many other people. Um, so oh, no, we, we don't. Well, not not people that can actually win. I, I think that there are people like Rubio that probably have presidential aspirations, but oh. you know, Rubio will never be president. And um oh. You know, I don't know if Romney wants to run again. Uh, that won't happen. Oh, God, either. I hope so. Oh, God, but, I hope so. I hope he does. Well, he might. They might primary. But I could see I could definitely see the success of a DeSantis gnome ticket. Um, but I agree with you about DeSantis being definitely the most qualified at this point. He runs a large state. He's handled this crisis really well. Um, he he has le- he has a, a, a lot of leadership experience as governor of Florida that Trump didn't really have leadership experience. I mean, being an entrepreneur, well, where you're in a family business, even though one that made a lot of money, it's not the same as actually running, you know, being an executive in government and, and, and knowing how to get the government to, to execute what you want. And I think DeSantis has done a pretty good job of that. They're a hundred percent going after him. I don't know. um, I don't know how fortunate they'll be. I don't know what they're probably somebody looking for a P tape in Russia for, from him. Yeah, there's no doubt there, you know, Glenn Simpson is doing whatever he can to put together a fabricated oppo research file on Ron DeSantis. But the bottom line is people are flocking to Florida. They're flocking yep. to Texas. They're leaving these blue states, which, you know, the old saying, people are voting with their feet. People are getting out of these hellhole blue run states that are bankrupt and run by lunatics like Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom. They're going to states run by normal people who... <laughs> Yeah. have the best interest actually of their constituents in mind instead of their own ego. That's what I like about DeSantis too. He does he doesn't have an ego. Um he's the only governor I've seen to this point who broke down talking about what the lockdowns did to senior citizens in nursing homes and questioning the wisdom of what he did and promising that the state that Florida would never be locked down again. He's the only one who's shown any remorse or regret for what these lockdowns have done to people. I haven't seen that in anyone else. So I think that also, unlike Trump, he works to his advantage. He's uh, he definitely doesn't have the ego that that Trump does, which will help him. And he appears to be someone who's sympathetic. And I think Trump yeah. was so consumed with shielding himself from attacks he felt like showing sympathy would make him look weak instead of relatable. And I I don't think DeSantis has that. And another thing DeSantis has going for him is that he opened up Florida way before these other states that are now Mm -hmm. 
saying they have to open up because, you know, Trump is gone. Right. right now, if anyone thinks that the lockdowns were legitimately based in science, you should be <laughs> absolved of that right now. Since D.C. opened up a couple weeks ago, Chicago said they're going to open up. Who was it? Gavin Newsom says, you know, he, we can't right. keep doing this. And New York is opening up. You, I mean, I'm sure our listeners are, you know, in the top one percent of smart. You, you guys see what's going on here. This isn't never was never about the science. But Ron DeSantis was way ahead of that game and in Texas, too. So. Right. That that's that's what I call leadership. Exactly. Um, so on a happy note, you know, we're talking about Ron DeSantis as um, the hope of the, you know, as as some sort of hoped leadership that we might that we might have um, to look forward to instead of these the Liz Cheney's Romney Rubio <laughs> posse. Well, that's what next year is going to be all about, right? I mean, this was, it's a little bit like 2008, but different because we weren't, I mean, it just, it's going to be a great test. The GOP is, as we know it, is definitely breaking apart. What that looks like, you know, in two years from now, or really two years from now, um, that's where the work has to be done. Because the left and the Democrats, these never Trump Republicans are not going to yield an inch. And so we either recognize this time for what it is, recognize that most of the leadership we have in this party right now needs to be, you know, gone forever. Um, Or, you know, we just let them have their way and just watch hide out in Florida, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) Going to Florida and Texas. And uh, and and sit tight, I guess. So that's a. I think that's a good note to end on our show on, don't you Agreed. think, Julie? I do. So we're Uplifting. ending on a positive note, which is a rarity. So, un- so unlike us, What's it is a rarity. <laughs> uh, thank you for spending an hour listening to us. We will be back next week, and go subscribe if you haven't already to our podcast on iTunes. And we will be back just seven days. Bye. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.